So we started talking about the Avas Yisrael of the of Reb Hill Parachur. Now there's a saying that Hasidim don't need an occasion to fabring, but every occasion, okay, every occasion is an appropriate time to fabring. And Reb Hill Wataka used every opportunity he could to fabring in the shul, usually used for fabringins, was a misnagid who did not appreciate that, what he called these get-togethers. Basically, he didn't really like the Fabrangans going on. <clears throat> he considered them a waste of time and bitl teira. And during the Fabrangans, he would sit at the other end of the shul and learn while the Fabrangan was going on. On Pesach Sheni one year, and the pillow Fabrang for a long time on the message of the day, that someone who became Tomei is able and, and couldn't bring a carbon Pesach could bring a Pesach Sheni. As his Nishto came for Fallen, right? It's never too late. You could always fix things, change things. Just like those who were unable to bring up a carbon Pesach, even if they didn't bring it on purpose, they could now make it up and bring a carbon. The lesson is that everything wrong with a person can be fixed. No one should ever say things like, oh, I can never fix my problems. I'm beyond hope. There's nothing I could do to help. And this misnagid sitting there listening to this whole fabrengen and no longer able to hold back his feelings. He, very said, he said in a very sarcastic voice, he says, today is a very appropriate day for Hasidim to get together and fabrengen. Because it's the holiday of the Tumayim. Right? It's, it's the umta for people who are Tumay. And many of the uh, people sitting at the Fabrengen um, were offended and hurt by this person's remark. But they didn't know how to respond. The pillow said, Yeah, Taka. Those who are willing to recognize and acknowledge that they have too many things inside of them and they have bad things that need to be fixed and they work hard to make themselves tar and improve themselves till eventually what happens is their carbon, meaning their sacrifice, right, is, is uh, accepted and desired by Hashem. That is taka, truly a time for celebration. And the room was completely silent, listening to the pillow's words. He said, however, what happens when the Tummy people aren't aware of or don't want to recognize that they are Tummy? How will they come close to Hashem? And he turns to the Misnagat and he says, please come and join us. <laughs> That's the end of the story. Another story. But obviously, throw. Rebillo once came to a town where there were only eight other men besides him. They needed one more person for a minion. And there were eight besides for him. No, but he was the, he was the ninth. You need one more. You need ten for a minion, right? So again, they needed one one more person for the minion.
So the people asked, is there any other Yid who could complete the minion? And he said, yeah, there's another Yid, but uh, I don't know if he's going to come because he's married to a non-Jewish woman. And he doesn't participate in anything Jewish. And the Pillow instructed them to go to the man's house and ask him to help with the minion. And so I said, listen, if he isn't interested, tell him that if he comes, we'll pay him for his time. And when the delegation arrived at the house, the man's wife informed them, this Scottish lady, that her husband was not home. And she asked, what do you want from him? And they said, listen, an important rabbi is here. We need a, a tenth Jew. You need a tenth Jew for a minion. And your husband knows what that is. Don't worry, he'll, he'll know. Um, and we'll, we're even willing to pay him for his time. And she said, okay, no problem. When he comes, as soon as he comes back, I, it's, and listen, you're willing to pay him. I'm going to make sure he goes. Don't worry, we need the money. When he comes home, she laughingly informed him, her husband, of the visitors and, and uh, said that they wanted him to pray with their minion. And she said, listen, since, since they want to pay you for your time, maybe you should go. Like she was laughing at the whole thing. She thought it was ridiculous. And the Yid went. And he stayed for the, until the entire tefillah was over. He then left. However, he did not go back home to his non-Jewish wife once, once he was done with that minion. I guess seeing the pillow Davin uh, awakened in him the idea of doing tshuva. Um, so that's one version of that story. There's another version that um, the pillow asked if uh, the pillow was in a town without a minion. They had nine, they need one more. And he said, is there anyone else, even someone who has is, is converted to Christianity or something, I'll take anybody. So the townspeople said, yeah, you know the pirates is a Yid. He was born a Yid. And he said, ask him to come even if they pay. And they came to the pirates and he agreed to come for 25 rubles. And after they agreed, and, and, and uh, together, right, they returned to make dominion. So after Mincha and Maidav, Rebhilo took out 25 rubles from his pocket. But now, after hearing Rebhilo's davening, the pirates refused to accept the 25 rubles. And he asked and said to speak, he said, I want to speak alone with, with this rabbi over here, Rebhilo. And in private, he begged Rebhilo to help him do tshuva. And Rebhilo told him that he could do tshuva if he immediately left his family. And the parts agreed, but he said, could I just go back home one more time just to say goodbye to my wife and children? And the pillow said, no. You have to leave. You can never see them again. And accepting, accepting the tzaddik's decision, the man left and he walked out of the town that he owned. He, he was basically the parts and he, and he left, just walked out. And that night, as a sign that his tshuva was accepted, the pirates' beautiful house burned down to the ground and everybody inside was killed in the fire. In another source, it mentions that this pirates was actually a cantonist. They, one of these kidnapped uh, soldiers, kidnapped boys when they were nine and then they were told they were 18. They were living with Goyim and then they were in the army for 25 years. So that's another source. Yeah, so back then, they used to draft people in the army for 25 years. Thank you.